isn't it just incredible how it doesn't matter if we get locked out of the building, it doesn't matter if we can't all come together in hundreds, but we have to be limited and we have to do multiple services. It doesn't matter that the power is off for an entire day. It doesn't matter that our dams are running low. It doesn't matter if we are in a financial crisis. It doesn't matter if relationships are falling apart around us. What matters is that we can freely speak about Jesus. And we can freely come together as the body of Christ. We can freely come together. You guys made a conscious choice this morning to get up, get out of bed, get ready, and come out to meet with the King. I do not believe that you came over here to listen to me speaking, or Pastor Kurt speaking, or anybody else speaking, or to listen to Diabolf and the team. But I believe that the Spirit of God draws us in because He has an appointment with us at any given time. There isn't a single moment in our life that is not met with the teaching moment of Jesus. And I just want to speak to you this morning. I, I entitled my message for today. Um, if I'm holding my phone just now, it's purely so I can use my torch because I can't see so well yet. But I entitled my message this morning, Walk in Authority. And we've been having a, a girls' meeting on a Monday night, and one of, the, one of the weeks was on walking in authority and understanding our authority. And put it this way, how many of you know that when you get prepared to speak on something, be it in a life group, be it in a preach, be it in a wherever, when something's burning in your heart, oh man, it feels like you are shredded on that topic for the entire week leading up to it. And that's exactly what it's been. That yesterday I was just in this space and I'm just going to be totally honest where I was like, God, if you don't take the wheel, I don't know what I'm going to do. Because I know I have a lot of Jesus in me. I know that I have the anointing. But I do not want to waste my moments, 20, 30 minutes that I get to speak on his behalf and make it about me because it cannot be. It cannot be. Because I shudder to think I will stand before my king one day and he will wonder whose kingdom I was trying to build. It's just not good enough. It's not good enough. So I got in my car and I took a drive to the beach. Isn't it amazing we can go back to our beaches again? And I took a drive to the beach and I thought, like, God, I'm not, I'm not content with just looking at it from a distance. I need to get my feet in the water, even if it's just like put my feet in the water and get back out there. I need to get there. I need to get there. So I got in my car and I took a drive around and I went and I said, went down to Maitland and I was like, hmm, maybe not get up my car here. Took another drive and I got a bit further down the road and I got to Seaview and I thought, oh, well, this is amazing. You know, I just, I love Seaview. It is just such a beautiful area. And there was this very interesting character, larger than mine. And I was like, oh, wow, I still, I was still message Sam while I was sitting there. And I still said, yeah, I don't think I'm getting out of my car here, basically. And I, I waited for a while and I thought, well, is that it? Is that it? Am I going to get this far and I'm going to be intimidated by one individual not feeling safe and get in my car and go home? I thought, nope, Keeney Bay is just down the road. And anyway, so I took a drive further down the road, I got to Keeney Bay, got out my car, and I took a walk down onto the sand. And that sweet feeling of sand between my toes was just so cool. And then I got to the water's edge. It might have seemed stupid to anybody watching, it might seem stupid to you, but there was something in that about taking authority that God was just explaining to me over and over and over again. You will always be intimidated. You will always face intimidation. As long as we are on this side of eternity, the enemy wants nothing more than to keep you quiet 
and to prevent you from walking in your full authority. It is not something you can earn, it is something that has been given to you. There is a sound that is wrapped up inside of you, and I know that many of the times I speak, I feel like that I just keep repeating it, but it's like, if this is my life song until the last breath that I take on this side of eternity, well then I'll keep doing it for Jesus. But there is a sound inside of every single one of us that needs to be released. It needs to be released, and then it brings me into the fact of what is the sound that I want to release. Because as I sat there and I looked at the ocean, I was thinking about our lives with Jesus. Because it is so easy for people to come in to intimidate us and go, yeah, but you don't have a degree. You don't know. You have not read from Genesis through to Revelation. You have not attended enough meetings. You have not done this. You have not done that. And then forget about what you have got that is greater than any of that. And that is the presence of God Almighty Himself. And He Himself in His Word says that He will remind us and teach us remind us of the things that we have been taught. So as we spend time with Him, as we lean into the things of our Father, we have this confidence. We have this absolute confidence that we are fully persuaded of the things of God. That brings me to this, is are you fully persuaded of the things of God in your life? Because I looked it out at this, at this when I was driving back home and I got towards the maiden side and the, the view just got that much bigger. Because as you know, like when you sit up at the top over there, it's just incredible. And I was like, wow, God, I can put my feet in the water on the, on the edge. And I can have a listen to the, the waves, and, and I can touch the rocks, and I can walk in the sand. But there is so much more. And in my lifetime, I will never get there. But that which I know, I am fully persuaded of, and I will stand in that, and I will tell you that the ocean is real. I will tell you that the sand feels good. I will tell you that the water is refreshing. I will tell you that the rock is a safe place to sit on. I will tell you that there is more out there. And I will spend my life trying to get there. And guess what? That is enough. That is enough. I may not have gone out deep sea. I may not have been shark diving. I may not have done all of those things. But I am fully persuaded of what is out there. And I bring that back to our relationship with Jesus. And I am fully persuaded that although I do not know every single letter that is in this book, I am fully persuaded that he is faithful and true. I am fully persuaded that it is yes and amen to every single promise that he has given us. I am fully persuaded that I am called, that I am equipped, that I have been anointed, and I have been appointed for a time such as this. 2021 knew that I would be standing here today. 2021 knew you would all be sitting here today. There is breath in your lungs for a reason. And that which you have, you need to run with. There is a call and there is an urgency in this hour for us to run with that which we have and run well. We can wait and we can have these long dreams for our children and we can think, well, you know, well, one day we're like 20 years down the line. Don't miss the 20 years. Cherish every single moment. I do not know how many days I have on this earth. Can you imagine if I say, oh, well, no, by the time I do this study and that study, and by the time I get to this age, perhaps then there'll be a grace on it. No, no, no. There is a grace here and there now to do what it is that you need to do. So that takes me to the word that I want to share with you this morning. And for those of you who have your Bible with you, and this is the point where I would love to hear pages like fluttering. 
For those online, no, it's not happening. I want to say to you, in the most beautiful, gentle way that I can, do me a favour. A friend of mine's mum always said, never go to battle without your sword. What is this referred to in the Word of God? It is our sword. Carry your sword. Sharpen your sword. War well with your sword. Run well with your sword because it is your sword that will come and will bring truth. Because he is truth. Okay. Over that. I'm going to read to you this morning from Luke 10. And in this, in this scripture we find leading up to this, in the first 25 verses, we, we see where um, the women are, are, are coming alongside of Jesus and his disciples. And Jesus tells the parable about the soil. And he explains the parable about the soil. And he describes who his true family is. And from that he even goes ahead and we read about how he calms the storm. And in all of this, his disciples and those who are following him are seeing these aspects of Jesus that are just like, wow. We've made a choice to follow the Messiah. We believe that he is the Messiah. And all this time, he just keeps displaying his incredible splendor and glory. And then he says to them um, that they need to cross over to the other side. He calms the storm. And from verse 26, I'm just going to pick it up there. They sailed to the region of, uh, of Gerasenes, which is across the lake from Galilee. When Jesus stepped ashore, he was met by a demon-possessed man from the town. For a long time, this man had not worn clothes or lived in a house, but he had lived in the tombs. And when he saw Jesus, he cried out and he fell at his feet, shouting at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had commanded the evil spirit to come out of the man, and many times it had seized him. And though he was chained hand and foot and kept under guard, he had broken the chains that had been driven out, that had been driven by the demon, into solitary places. And Jesus asked him, What is your name? Legion, he replied, Because many demons have gone into him. And they begged him repeatedly not to order them to go into the abyss. A large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside, and the demons begged Jesus to let them go into them. And he gave them permission. When the demons came out of the man, they went into the pigs, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake, and they drowned. When those tending the pigs saw what had happened, they ran off and reported this to the town and the countryside. And the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had come out, sitting at Jesus' feet, dressed in his right, dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people how the demon-possessed man had been cured. Then all the people of the region of Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave. Because they were overcome with fear. So he got in the boat and he left. The man from whom the demons had come out begged to go with him. But Jesus sent him away and said, Return home and tell how much God has done for me. So the man went away and he told all over town how much Jesus had done for him. There is a, when we read that story, it is so easy to get caught up in the pig's the demons, the darkness, the crazy. But there is something in the middle of all of that that is of far greater value and where every single one of us have found ourselves at some point, whether we choose to acknowledge it or not. 
whether we have actually spent time leaning into that truth and revelation, and that is, is that this man had an absolute encounter with Jesus and it changed him forever. It changed him forever. It changed his appearance. They say that they found him dressed and in his right mind. He was no longer ashamed. He was no longer banished to the outskirts. He was no longer a, a problem to society in the way that they had known him. But he was now sitting there in his right mind and had become a new kind of threat to their existence. And I want to say this to you, that your journey with Jesus and your relationship as a believer is between you and God. That is where you will find your confidence, that is where you will find your safety. There are three types of people in that message. There is Jesus and this man, and I love the fact that he is not named by name, he is a man. Because none of us deserve to have a fantastic resume here on earth. It is all about Jesus. We sang so much of that this morning, that it is all about Jesus. All that mattered was that this man met the man, and it changed him forever. We have all found ourselves in a place where we have been pushed out of society. We have all found ourselves in a place where we do not feel welcome. We have all found ourselves in a place where we haven't necessarily felt like we fit in. And maybe we're not chained up and living in a cave. If you actually go and um, have a look at YouTube, and you have a look at the videos on this area, there are actually the tombs up in the back of the mountain where it was real. This isn't just some storybook that is put together with some cute pictures that want us to make us feel good. These are real things that happen to real people, and they still happen to real people today. That there are people who are on the outskirts, who are treated like lepers, who are picked up in bondage, who are, are bursting at the seams because they just don't know how to live life. And we have the answer. We are the ones who carry the presence of God. We are the ones who carry the story of Jesus. We are the ones who get to come and stand in front of them. I love that about Jesus. You don't need to create your own crowd. He'll bring them to you. Perhaps we just need to be a little bit more confident and a little bit more persuaded by the interaction that we're going to have with them. Because this man went out. He wanted nothing more than to leave all of them and go with Jesus. He was prepared to leave it all behind and go like, these guys don't even get me. These guys are the ones who push me up. You're the one I want to be with. And he says, no. He says, no. And for every one of us, right now in this tension of time, while we are still on this side of eternity, we will only see Jesus face to face on the other side when he comes again. But it doesn't mean that there was nothing that this man needed to do. He needed to go. He needed to go and he needed to do the very things that Jesus had called him to do. But it came down to him being able to say and be fully persuaded about who he was and who he now was. I think so many times we often speak about, well we don't often speak about, we will refer to our old life as BC days, before Christ days. And I think we try then and avoid conversation around that because we don't want to make that side look like that's more spoken of 
than our relationship with Jesus. Or maybe we should just be speaking more about Jesus and we can bring that in because that's not intimidating. But there definitely is a way for us to be able to say, listen, I was both. I was rejected. I was abandoned. So I understand your pain. But let me tell you about the one who came and set me free and who moved me outside of those chains of that bondage and made me a completely different woman and who gave me a story that needs to be told as long as I have breath in my life. So I want to ask you this morning, what is the story that you carry on the inside of you? Every single one of us, I wish that we could do this, literally just break up into groups and just speak about your story. We would be here for the rest of the day. Because we all have a story. We all have a story, and although we do not glory in the darkness and we do not glory in the things that we once were involved in, those for sure relate to so many people who are still in it. And they need to know the good news that is wrapped up inside of your story. And they need to meet your Jesus. This man went out into a region that was known as the Ten Cities, the Decapolis, I think it's referred to. It was not a Christian area, although that there were Jews, and he was a Gentile. Jesus hadn't even been to the cross yet, and this man encountered the resurrection power beforehand. We miss these things in the world. We think there are certain things we need to attain, and it's not. You carry everything that you need. But how much of that are you willing to share, and how much of that are you willing to risk to look silly in the face of man? This man could have turned around and been so intimidated by the rest of the crowd around him who had pushed out the Messiah and said, Father, go away because you're affecting our income and we fear what it is that you can do in our midst. The reality is, is that the word says that those who are caught up in darkness don't like your light because the light that you carry shines and brings out what they do in darkness. Guess what? There will always be those who are against you. There will always be those who are out to intimidate you. There will always be those who will speak out against you. But how valued is the voice that's inside of you that is the voice of Jesus that needs to meet the ends of the earth? Pastor Kurt said it a few weeks ago, that it is not this thing that is going to meet everybody and go and take the word to all the nations. It's you and I. It is you and I. And when I went to the beach yesterday and I, I, I took a drive down, and obviously we all liked because there was just something beautiful about that. And when I took a drive down, I hadn't seen anything. And then when I was driving back, I thought, okay, I'm going to go and find some safe orders to climb into. And as I was driving back past Seaview, I saw this family standing there, and they were all standing like this. And I'm like, hang on, they're pointing to something. So I turned back in there, because just being totally inquisitive, went back and I stopped. And there was this beautiful school of dolphins just playing in the water. And that is the reality of your life, is that you may not get to speak directly to somebody, but where you are pointing to, and when they walk past you and they see you interacting with others, you are introducing them to Jesus. You are introducing them to the Messiah. You are introducing them to the very one who has the answer for their problems. We are told in Matthew that freely you have received, now freely give. Freely you have received, now freely give. 
The first part of that verse, it's Matthew 10 verse 8, he says, Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out the demons, freely you have received, now freely give. You may not have been demonically possessed, but I'm darn sure you've been demonically oppressed. And you have given more ground to darkness than what you have to light. Which means, guess what? You've come out of that and you've stepped into the light. I'm sure that every one of you can relate in some way, shape or form to not feeling in that you've been pushed out. That you don't belong. Guess what? In biblical times, if you had leprosy, you were pushed outside of the city because nobody wanted to be near you. Guess what the word says? Is that you've been cleansed. You've been free. There is a price that Jesus paid for our freedom. There is a price that he paid to come and make us all brand new. And I want us, when I was driving here this morning, I thought like, how do I explain to them walking in authority? And I'm like, I can't. And he went, exactly. It's not a 10 point plan. It's a relationship. It's living constantly, mindful. In Luke 10, when he had sent out the 72 and they came back in, probably my most favorite chapter in the entire word, where he come, they come back and they went, Jesus, even the demons bowed down to us. And he said, hang on, it isn't the fact that's not the point of rejoicing, not the fact that the demons bowed down to you, but that my authority is over you and my presence is with you. Not what you do for me, but what I do for you. That's the point of rejoicing. If every day you walk mindful of the fact that whatever actions you carry out are in front of God Almighty, does it line up with His Word and does it bring Him pleasure? If you're in doubt, it's rather not. Pastor Kirk spoke about it last week, about it. Yes, he says we have all of this incredible grace, but what does your lifestyle look like marrying up to that? When somebody looks at Lazan, do they go, oh, that's exactly the same person I knew 10 years ago? Or like, Oh my goodness, something's happened in the last two years. I can't put my finger on it, but there's, there's a change. Do people see that? Do people see that? And then who do you give that glory to? Who do you give that glory to? Who is it about? Are you wanting the world to remember you? Or are you wanting the world to know your Jesus? I sat with Jared, my son, at Christmas time, and he had just, um, he was holding his new baby boy. And the Christmas tree was behind him and I said to him, Jared, I said, this is what's on you. You are going to determine whether that little boy believes in a fat red man or in the real reason for Christmas. Nobody else. You are going to be the one who is going to teach him about a bunny coming along or the reason why we celebrate Easter. And we get so afraid of messing up the cute traditions of man that we will downgrade our theology to keep it cute. There is a responsibility that weighs upon us. And I want to say this to you. We are facing a generation. We are facing a generation who are so swayed and so turned into the ways of the world. They are none to what godliness and holiness looks like. I have friends in teaching who do teaching and it is scary to know that there is a, a generation who are absolutely void of the power of God. Not everybody. But there is a reason that we are here and that is to shine the light into that darkness that they would know the truth of the gospel. That they would experience the power of God. 
And perhaps you aren't laying hands on the sick, but please do me a favor and realize that you once were sick and you are now healed. You once were tormented by darkness, but you are now rooted and grounded in the light of Jesus. You were once an outcast, but you are now part of a family and can never be taken out of that. There is a story inside of you that needs to be heard. And if maybe it is just a simple case of needing to go back and reflect on what is the story that I carry. What is the story that I carry? And Jesus, am I willing to look foolish to tell somebody about it? Am I willing to open my eyes and actually see the brokenness in somebody else and know that I have the answer and I can introduce them to the one who will make a difference? It is time for the church to rise up and be bold. It is time for us to be courageous. It is time for us to be able to stand like Moses did at the shore with nothing more than a rod in his hand and he took his staff and when he hit that ground, the seas parted. He will do it again. If he did it for you, my friends, he'll do it again. He made a way for every single one of us to be able to come into his kingdom and into his love and into his light to bring about a change. That's what we have. Dear boss, I don't know if you guys are going to come up and just close off in a song.